Well, all I can say this morning is we must be in store for something great. God has smiled upon us with a reminder of the covenant of his love. And I only say that because, well, I mean, I could say that every day, right? But today I say that because as I was pulling around the corner into the studio parking lot there over the building for just a fleeting moment, and even by the time I parked the car, the sun had moved enough that it was gone, was a rainbow coming down from the sky, and it looked like it was landing behind our building. So I'm excited to see what's in store today. Let's begin the morning in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it's funny, too, because I was thinking as I left the house, I I pulled up my phone and I was looking at songs. I wanted to listen to a song in the car. It's just not even a four-minute drive from my house to the studio. So you get one song, maybe, maybe. Uh, And I the uh, suggestions came up, said, do you want this song? Do you want that song? Maybe that's, no, no, that's going to start me off on the wrong note. That's going to be the wrong song for today. It would have led me to be grumpy. Don't ask why. And then another song came up. I said, that's the right song for today. It's going to make me chipper and cheerful. And here we are. And you can probably hear it in my voice. And then the rainbow. And then I was like, all right, Friday morning's off to a good start. So how are we going to continue that good start here this morning? Well, we're going to hear about the virtue of constancy today. There's a, there's a line in a movie that I love. And uh, I love the way it, it's... Uh, now that I have to think of his name, he played the the dad in The Sound of Music, Captain Von Trapp. Um, but the way his he delivers that line, I'm as constant as the northern star. There's a there's a great value in constancy. We're going to hear about that. And then we uh, we are going to hear about prayer replenishing the oil of charity. We're going to hear about hope, and we're going to hear about obedience. That's all on the show today. Christopher Plummer is the actor I am thinking of who played Captain Von Trapp. And no, that is not the movie. The Sound of Music is not where he said, I'm as constant as the Northern Star. But, you know, one thing that I know is constant is every day here on the show, right about this time, we are going to say... Let's go to Mike Roberts for a check of the weather in today's Saint of the Day. So let's go to Mike Roberts now. Today is the feast day of St. Lawrence of Brindisi, Doctor of the Church. Born in Naples in the mid-16th century, his baptismal name was Cesare, and he came from a family of merchants. But his father and mother, William and Elizabeth Russo, both died when he was still a boy. Cesare was raised by his uncle and then, at a very young age, attended St. Mark's College in Venice. Afterwards, he continued his education at the University of Padua, where he joined the Capuchins, taking the name Lawrence. At the time, he was just 16 years old. A brilliant student, he had a special gift for languages and could speak at least seven of them fluently. This gift allowed Lawrence to study the Bible in its original text. In addition to his intellectual gifts, Lawrence was known for his kindness. He was as well an outstanding administrator and in 1602 was elected as Minister General of the Capuchins, a position he used to expand the order into the far corners of the known world. 
Eventually, Lawrence became a papal emissary. On a trip to Spain to see the king, he became very ill and died in Lisbon in 1619. Over 300 years later, in 1956, the Capuchins published the vast writings of Lawrence into a 15-volume set. Eleven of the volumes were his sermons. Canonized in 1881 by Pope Leo XIII, Lawrence was made a doctor of the church by Pope St. John the Twenty Third in 1959. St. Lawrence of Brindisi, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed Wednesday. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A Prayer to Redeem Lost Time by St. Teresa of Avila. O oh my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We are happy to be on the road once again at the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine. This is becoming a regular habit, Monsignor, that I enjoy. Adam, as well. I'm so uh, grateful that you give me the opportunity to, to be with you and uh, certainly to come here to the Oratory. And So thank you. It's good to be here, as always. Today, we're going to talk about obedience. There are some very clear moral lines given to us by the Church. Let's go to the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. We, there is no room for doubt. Should I do this? Thou shalt not do it. Why do we receive these things? I mean, the, the, the world's argument is, well, isn't that very restrictive and limiting your freedom? Well, to understand the, the nature of obedience, you have, in a sense have to go back to its roots, which is uh, the Latin word obedire, to, to listen, uh, you know, to hear. And so what's presupposed in any relationship on a natural level, but even more so on a supernatural, related to the virtue of obedience is a relationship that is dialogical, that is intimate, it's conversational. Not conversational in terms of casual, but conversational in terms of an exchange. So the obedience that God requires of us is never unreflective. Uh, it is supposed to be immediate and, and prompt. It doesn't admit to any negotiation, but God shows himself clearly throughout all of the Old Testament, of course, that culminating in his son, that he is one to whom we can give obedience because of how he interacts with us. So it's easy, in a sense, to give that life of docility, to hear what God has to say to us, and then to do the things that God asks us to do because of who he actually is. So when the church gives us the commandments, which of course we know was God's way of articulating and giving uh, the context of relationship first between him and ancient Israel, and then of course their interactions with each other, or a, a positive, if you will, if you if we think of the things that one cannot do, then think of the ones that the things you are supposed to do. Christ gives us 
all sorts of things ultimately culminating in the commandment that you shall love God, you shall love your neighbor. So we're told things that we shouldn't do, but we're also told things that we should do, and we're required to be obedient to both of those. The foundation, again, is that relationship with God, and of course that relationship with God the Father made manifest in relationship with the Son. They're given to us precisely because man has shown himself from the moment of the garden incapable of being able to exercise his freedoms. We need to be circumscribed. We need to be, in a sense, hemmed in in a good way. And this, of course, is the greatest, I guess, sadness uh, for the modern age, and I'm talking the last five, six hundred years, is to conceptualize obedience as negation, as absence, as limiting. Uh, It's none of those things. Uh, Yes, there is the prescriptions against, but also the prescriptions for, but avoiding evil and doing good actually sets us free. We are better human beings. We're better in relationship first with God, and then we're in better relationship with one another. So things like restraint and discipline and order and structure that go around being able to live a life of obedience are things that the modern age bristles at because they don't want to be told what to do, how to do it, with whom I can do it, when I can do it, whatever it might be. The virtue of obedience says, no, actually, not only am I going to tell you, you are going to be better if you do this. And I think if people, uh, especially our listening audience, if they're honest with themselves and they really reflect on those moments where they've had to make a difficult choice, but in obedience to truth, whether that, again, was both in its negative formulation of avoiding something or its positive formulation in doing something, they have found an authentic peace that has come from doing that. I think it's interesting how with our worldly examples, sometimes there are examples that no one will question. Everyone says, well, of course, that makes perfect sense. For instance, when you go somewhere, there are proper behaviors, not just for the sake of civility, but also for safety. Yet in the eyes of the world, when we talk about our next life, when we talk about what comes after this earthly pilgrimage, what we choose to do in obedience or disobedience will have a very direct effect on our next life. And that is very true. So I think about, you know, the, the example we were told as kids, you know, don't touch the iron. And of course, you're going to touch the iron because once you're told not to do it, that's precisely what you're going to do. You end up getting burned. You have a physical mark left because you did something that you were told not to do. Disobedience leads to we hesitate to talk about it because hell is an uncomfortable reality. Some people have gone so far as to deny the reality of hell or the presence of anyone in hell. But the truth is Our Lady revealed very clearly to the seers at Fatima that there are people sadly in hell. And so hell is real. And it is a place where people go who choose to be disobedient to God. Not because God wants them. Let's be very clear. So we go back to sacred scripture. God desires that all men might be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, Paul's exhortation to Timothy. God gives us literally everything. I mean, the deck is stacked in our favor. If we end up separated from God, it is not because God desires that once that or wills that. We have to cooperate and consent to the salvation that has been gained for us. So, St. Augustine's great line, God did not create us with our consent, but he will not save us without that consent. I cannot help but think of the great example of obedience that we have in St. Joseph, who, you know, he had the angel come to him in a dream and say, do this. And he said, okay. And the the line about St. Joseph that oftentimes gets overlooked that actually is preparatory to the immediacy of his obedience is he was a righteous man. He had been in 
a relationship of obedience. And that's the beauty of it. The more we practice it and live it, the easier it actually comes. So then when we are asked hard things like he was asked to do, or our Blessed Mother, the hardest, to become the tabernacle for the Word made flesh, for both of them, the response was immediate. You mentioned something earlier when you were talking about our choice, that, you know, God creates us without our consent, but he does not save us without our consent. I'd like to go back to that for a moment, because I think this is something very clear uh, that we need to discuss. It is not a matter of saying, well, God can work through my mistakes, which he can. Uh, if, if we disobey him and, and we're graced with another day on this earth, there will be a new invitation offered, which... Uh, he will work through. But we also have to live with this reality that even though I don't have a plan to step out the door of the oratory here and get hit by a bus, the reality exists that I could die this day without even knowing that it's going to happen. And this is a reminder to be obedient to the call to constant conversion, to come back to the sacrament of reconciliation, not just, oh, I'll go during Lent and Advent, but frequently and often, especially and, and, and most urgently when in a state of mortal sin. And you're exactly correct. Again, that, that reality that we are exhorted to live each day as if it is our last means that as I'm living the day, the, the best way to successfully live that day is to be obedient to those very practical things about which you speak. So uh, not only the truths of the faith and those given to us by Holy Women of the Church and the sacramental life of the Church, but on a daily basis, I need to be a man of prayer. I need to get up and go do my job and do it well. I need to receive pay for an honest day's work. I need to fulfill my obligations according to my state in life, whether that be for you as husband and father, for me as priest. And I need to do that with joy. Last but not least, we talk about prayer, we talk about the sacraments. I'd like to go to the most important, the source and summit, and that is the Eucharist. We're missing out on something when we are separated from the Eucharist. And this isn't just, well, we're holy because we go to Mass. There are supernatural effects and graces that we cannot receive any other way than by receiving Holy Communion. Without a doubt. Go to Mass every Sunday. Go to Mass every day if you can. And even if you're not in a state of grace to be able to receive, the graces you're speaking about are, are so rich and plentiful that your presence there may be the very reality that will prompt you to be able to go to confession, make a good confession, and then eventually be able to receive our Lord. Monsignor, I wonder if you could close our time with a blessing. Certainly. Benedictio de omnipotentis Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti, descendet super vos et maniat semper. Amen. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back right after this. Act of Consecration to St. Joseph O dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself to your honor and give myself to you, that you may always be my father, my protector, and my guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life. After your example, may I do all my actions for the greater glory of God, in union with the divine heart of Jesus, and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. O blessed St. Joseph, pray for me, that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Amen. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, there are three virtues infused by God into the souls of the faithful, to make them capable of acting as his children. What are those three virtues? Infused by God into the souls of the faithful to make them capable of acting as his children. 
Well, they are the theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. Hope we heard about today. Now, the human virtues are rooted in the theological virtues. So we talked last time about the cardinal virtues, the four cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, which really are, you know, the umbrella under which you find all the other human virtues. Uh, Human virtues are acquired by education, by deliberate acts, and by a perseverance of ever-renewed and repeated efforts, are purified and elevated by divine grace, With God's help, they forge character and give facility in the practice of the good. The virtuous man is happy to practice them. But uh, we go on to read in paragraph 1812, the human virtues are rooted in the theological virtues which adapt man's faculties for participation in the divine nature. For the theological virtues relate directly to God. They dispose Christians to live in a relationship with the Holy Trinity. They have the one and triune God for their origin, motive, and object. They're the foundation of Christian moral activity. They animate it. They give it special character. They inform and give life to all of the moral virtues. They are the pledge of the presence and action of the Holy Spirit and the faculties of the human being. They are the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. We'll have to do more on those virtues in a future episode of Roadmap to Heaven. In the meantime, let's get you another check of the weather and our daily dose of encouragement. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which Thou intended me to become when Thou created me. For in Thy perfection, I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. As we wrap up this week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, I can't help but think that all of these little things Patty has been sharing with us, little ways to be that salt of the earth for someone else around us, they're all adding up now to what has been a big week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. So here with one little last bit of flavoring for us is Patty Schneier. Well, today is a very easy one to do. I think most of us in our fast-paced world could take time to do this little bitty thing. Here it is. Choose someone to pray for today. Someone in your family, a friend, an old friend, just somebody right now. Who pops in your mind when I say, choose someone to pray for today? Okay, think of that person. And then text them and actually let them know. This is, could be totally random, but you might say, I just want you to know you came to my heart today and I am praying for you. Hope you have a great day. I often do this on birthdays and feast days. For example, I have a friend who's born on the feast of St. Paul, Miki, and Companions. I know it. February 6th, that's her birthday, St. Paul, Miki, and Companions. So on that day, happy birthday and happy feast of St. Paul, Miki, and Companions. Whatever it is for you, how can you remember to pray for certain people in your life, but then let them know just by texting them and saying, just want you to know, I'm thinking of you today, and I am praying for you today. It's a little way that we can let them people know that we love them. It's a way to bring our Catholic faith to maybe someone that, that doesn't pray or that would never even think that you're praying for them. And it lets them know that you're thinking of them and that you're lifting them up to the Lord, which is a beautiful thing to do. It's a little thing, but we could all do that. Who randomly do you want to pray for today? And then text them and let them know. So, Patty, thank you for this wonderful encouragement. And as always, friends, if you like the Daily Dose of Encouragement, be sure to click like and subscribe if you're listening on the podcast. 
Or share the Daily Dose of Encouragement by podcast with your friends, family, loved ones by visiting OurCatholicRadio.org. Well, here we are closing out our show on this Friday morning. And as we go into the weekend, it's our it's time for our weekly reminder that this weekend everything Everything revolves around the Lord's Day and making it the Lord's Day. And for our family, we've had to have some conversations about what that's going to mean. We've actually had to plan out how we're going to make that happen this weekend because we've got probably more to do than we actually have time for. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to panic or rush or, you know, say, well, we're going to end up working on Sunday. No, it means we have to triage and say, this is what's most important. This is what we should get done. And this is what would be nice to accomplish. So we have some priorities. We have a big family birthday celebration this weekend. That's a priority. I've got to do some work tomorrow. That's a priority. We've got a birthday party that one of our kids needs to go to tonight. For her, that's a priority. But on Sunday, priority number one is to go to Mass and then spend the day together as a family, giving God all of that trust that we can rest from our labors and devote the day to Him and to that first vocation He's called us to as family. And so that means, well, I'm going to have to... Make sure I do some extra time today and tomorrow getting the dishes done and taking the trash out so that we're not trying to do all of that on Sunday. Because if I don't watch myself, that's what I'll spend all of Sunday doing. We just got new dishes. I'll be washing them and rearranging the pantries and the cupboards. No, Sunday's going to be that day of rest. There may even be a game of cards in there with the kids. We will see what's in store. I'll tell you this, lately I have loved getting back into the swing of going to 8 a.m. Mass on Sunday morning. There's something about saying, all right, we're going to get up and the very first thing we're going to do, the very first thing we're going to do is give back to God in justice, to give him our worship, to give him our praise, and then to receive the graces he pours out in the holy sacrifice of the Mass in his generosity. And there's just something about that. You know, I used to be a Saturday night Mass guy. I loved it. Then I became a Sunday night Mass guy, but there's something about getting up and first thing, first thing. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for being with us this week on Roadmap to Heaven. We'll be back with you Monday morning. We're going to keep talking about virtue next week and uh, we've got some other stuff prepared as well. So tune in then. In the meantime, do not forget what the Blessed Mother asks us to do each and every day. Each and every day she wants us to pray the rosary. So do not forget to pray your rosary today.